it's Friday. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast. That was my technically sound last Yours was time. so better, so much better. <laughs> that oh, was Emily a... and Dan, and I'm David. Hi, nice to see you again. Today we're going to be talking about some of the, the really deep Lovecraft games that are out there, and I think possibly the ones that... Have the least tentacles overall, no? And yes. yet, in their own way, somehow seem to do the theme best, I think. Maybe because of where they take you. Anyway, we shall see. So the first major Lovecraft release, and this this episode's going to be a lot about Fantasy Flight because they kind of have the monopoly on the big games, but... I think they do. I think they've, like, trademarked the word Arkham when used in board games. <laughs> I'm serious. It feels like it. I'm serious. I will. There's, uh, I have a point on that that I'll get to later. But. Except Batman. Uh, <laughs> Arkham Horror was the original. It came out back in 1987, published by Chaosium, uh, and was then republished by Fantasy Flight. And, I mean, that... We've all played Arkham Horror, right? No. Oh, you haven't? Oh, okay. Because it's uh, so long and nobody wants to commit that much time to sitting around a table with me. Maybe this October I'll, uh, I'll have you over. You only play it in October? Uh, if I have to sit through it, I'm going to sit through it in October. <laughs> okay. Just Halloween theme it? I'll yeah. Hold on to that. So, anyway, Arkham Horror, Dan, do you want to... Uh, Arkham Horror was, uh, when the new edition had come out, um, I got really excited about... Uh, I had picked up immediately. Um, took me forever to get people to play it. Uh, finally got people to play it, and then I played a bunch of times, and it's sort of one of the problems with a lot of the fantasy flight games that I find kind of in, you know frustrating about them is it's mostly about being an investigator, but walking around a city getting clue tokens and not really solving a mystery. Random stuff will happen to you along the way. You know, maybe you uh, look in a mirror and uh, the person in the mirror isn't you. Or uh, maybe you have a sudden ghoul that attacks you out of nowhere while you're at the bookstore. There's a lot of that stuff that happens in a lot of these games. Now, my first experiences with those... I kind of really enjoyed the narrative in it, but I ne- it was never cohesive. There was no story to it, and that's what I want is I want to investigate. I don't want to get little tokens. I want to, you know, have a big story that builds up to a thing. And the thing that Arkham Horror does well is it's long and it's epic, and there's a period in the middle where you're like, my God, we've spent two hours doing this, and why are we still playing this? But it builds up to enough by the end where everything's falling apart and... You've just invested so much time and so much emotion in getting this damn thing done that uh, I think makes that a good experience to some extent. Yeah, and I know Jonathan's big problem with Arkham Horror was that he felt it could be solved. Um, that if you had enough, the correct amount of players and you set them doing certain tasks and they repeated them over and over again, that you could beat the game simply because the game itself couldn't fight back enough. I know there's also people out there who will sort of say that you can hack the game by knowing these three locations will spawn gates the most frequently, so if you can close them, the Mythos deck, which is the deck that spits out something nasty at the end of every turn, won't be as dangerous. Now, I think there's something to that. I think I enjoy the experience more than you do, from what you're saying, but I will absolutely agree that the through line is somewhat missing. It's It tends to be generated by you making connections rather than by the game itself creating one for you and I think the biggest problem I have with it is that each location that you visit you draw a random card but there's only seven cards per location Uh, and so the chances of you having the same encounter twice in a game is actually quite high Um, 
So I think that's an, that may be fixed by expansions. I only own the base game. I haven't played it with expansions yet. But I've played two of the expansions. Um, there's there's things in the expansions that I consider almost necessary in in the game that I play, but there's also the majority of the stuff in the expansions that I just bin right as soon as uh, I pull it out. Like um, uh, Dunwich Horror has an amazing. Whenever you take a, a sanity uh, damage, you end up getting a, an insanity card. So you actually start to have like mental issues as the game goes along. Oh, interesting. And that gives you a sense of character. Or like, I took an injury, so now I get an injury card, and I've got a limp for the rest of the game. And right. I'll, you know, my my leg was broken, and which is a theme I'll end up coming back to with another game a little bit later. But one thing I want to throw your way, and I know you haven't played this yet, is I think Eldritch Horror might fix some of the problems that you have with Arkham, which I have not played. So the the way that Eldritch Horror works, it's very similar, except you're not just investigating Arkham; you're investigating the entire globe. Uh, it has the same premise: you go to locations and you draw cards, uh, and it's based on a limited deck, but. The trick here is that when you set it up, in the base game there are four Elder Gods. You will pick the Elder God you are going to fight, and then you will preload a mystery path, if you like, of cards that you have to complete, and it is tied to that Elder God. So you will be, you're still going around a board gathering clue tokens and going somewhere else, but you are gathering those clue tokens because in the process what you've actually done is you've discovered Yuxothoth's real name. Or something like that. So there's a sense of story to it that Arkham doesn't have. It's flimsy to a point, but it is there. You've got to, of course, you know, be locked in a museum or something like that in Elder Sign. And yep. always have to fight a big bad at the end of the game. And which is dice, one of the problems. Right? Yeah, Elder just Sign is the see how game. you take it out. Yes, it is. Mm. Also has an excellent app. If anyone wants to try one of the big box, not that that's a big box, but sort of the meteor Call of Cthulhu Arkham games that Fantasy Flight puts out there's a very good relatively inexpensive app that I would recommend but yeah so what other Fantasy Flight Lovecraft games are there there are yeah there's like Arkham Horror Eldritch Sign Mansions of Madness is worth talking about especially the second edition now that it's a a thing oh I enjoyed it so much it's so good it's such a fascinating thing as well because it's it departs so much from because you guys haven't played the first edition right no so the, the biggest thing here and I'll just touch on this and then let you guys wax lyrical for a minute but the the biggest thing with this is that in the first game it was a one versus many and somebody played I think it was the keeper I think that's what they were called um, who played the big bad and set the scenario up and fought against the players essentially whereas in this it's controlled by an app so it's now fully cooperative and the app does all of that for you the app is amazing and I know that this was one of your issues with it Dan but Something the app does that I thought was interesting was that it includes puzzles in it for you to solve. So instead of, you know, going to, you open a drawer in your hotel room and then there's a thing in there that you have to solve and you like, you know, roll dice or pay cards to like, quote, solve it. In this, the app actually will pull up one of those little sliding games or a game of mastermind, which is really fun to like interact with on screen and really kind of is kind of cool but i know that dan had a problem with that first edition i think did something similar too they had like the rush hour had physical like, puzzles, physical yeah. things oh, okay. you did. you'd actually build a little puzzle but um right. uh the the app was certainly uh certainly a thing that i i thought i was going to enjoy more i thought there was going to be a narrator or something like that mm-hmm. really telling the story and yeah i would uh, have loved a narrator yeah. and there is for the intro and the outro only of each mission like they te- they set you the story and they let you go, but mm-hmm. then everything else is red. My issues with it were I you know the parts of it I was really enjoying was hanging out with my friends, exploring this mansion, finding out the history of this place, the family that lived there, and the overall mystery that we're trying to solve. So much of the other 
games that we mentioned earlier, you know, you just get clue tokens. That's the game saying that you're an investigator. Yeah. Um, this actually had some background story. I find a diary and I have to read the diary out loud, and I, I loved that. Except it punishes you for doing that. The more you explore the house, the more you unravel of the mystery, mm-hmm. the more the game punishes you. you. Yeah. Um, which is a little unfortunate, but uh, by the in the game that I played, it was one of the puzzles that actually defeated us. Uh, we ended up playing for probably like 45 minutes uh, collectively a game of Mastermind where it was too many cooks. We'd pass the, the iPad to the next player. They'd take a shot at it, not realizing what we were trying to do with the information we had been trying to do earlier. And uh, eventually we just got el- you know, eaten by elder gods. And I think I, I like losing these games more than I like winning these games. Um, so that's not a shot against it. The problem is just having to play a game of Mastermind inside of the game that I'm playing for too long. Yeah. I definitely wonder if that was a too many people scenarios because the only game I played of this so far, I played Solitaire. Um, and I did hit the Mastermind puzzle. And it probably took me about 15 minutes to work it out because I'm not great at Mastermind. But... Yeah, we hit Mastermind and Cecilia is, I guess, just really good at Mastermind. It took her like three <laughs> turns, like five minutes. The one thing I will say about the app, um, which you guys, uh, I think, wouldn't have quite the same appreciation of, the one time I did play Mansions of Madness, first edition I played as the Keeper, and you have to stack every deck that goes out onto the board. There's rooms with five things in them, and somewhere in this specific room, in this specific deck of cards, there has to be clue 2A. And you have to load all of that as you're setting the game up. And I I got it all right for the game that I played, because I was ridiculously careful with it but if you get one of those wrong the game can't be solved correctly based on the layout and the clues that the players are being given by the game and the app does all of that for you all of the management of that is is all you have to do is throw the token where it's supposed to go and if you have got one wrong there's still the image of the house or wherever you are on the app mm-hmm. showing you where it's supposed yeah, to go yeah yeah that's a big shot for the second edition it's just yeah, the app is is amazing. Yeah, um, they've used it too in um, Descent. They've adapted it for some Descent oh, really? like mini games. So if mm. you hate Lovecraft but like the idea of having a app organize all your stuff for you, uh, you should check it out because I was super super impressed. Mm-hmm. And right now I'm in love with the Arkham Horror card game, which uh, yes. I was not expecting to like as much as I do. Um, it has some of the, the issues that I have with a lot of the uh, the Arkham Horror games where, you know, you're kind of having random stuff happen. But there is no narrator. There is no storyteller. There is no app. It's just cards. And it's mm. cards that tell a story. And uh, you actually unravel mysteries as it goes along. And it does do that thing that I, uh, I was complaining about earlier about just getting clue tokens. The game is all about getting clue tokens. But when you collect enough clue tokens, you f- sort of figure out what you're trying to solve because the next part of the story will explain what you did in those rooms and how you got through the puzzle to the next part without giving away stuff that happens. And they have very smart cards that do that, don't they? Because they, I've only played it the one time, but you have the card face up that has the problem on it. And if I remember correctly, when you solve it, you flip it over and it actually has a story explanation of how you escaped. It's beautiful. Which is so smart. Yeah. It does run into issues with the... Um, the overall mythos deck, whether you're you know coming up against uh, random encounters a little bit, mm. um, but those random co- encounters are at least customized to the story and scenario that yeah. you're currently mm-hmm. in. So you know if I'm a little more thematic, it's a little more thematic, and it's it's a little weird. Like the game starts in kind of weird place where you're locked in your own house without giving out way too much about what happens in it. 
But um, it could be like, okay, cool. Well, we're just hanging out in my room, and then suddenly there's a dead body in here. Or mm-hmm. like, oh no, rats are everywhere. <laughs> you don't know what's going to happen, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's. I love the idea of also building the character and the character slowly getting less mentally stable as they explore the world around them. And it, it feels like everything that's happening is happening in the span of a week, and you're just watching this person go on this crazy journey mm. uh, falling apart. It's the best, I think, single-player game experience I've ever had. Ooh. Um, David's yeah. eyes just lit up. I'm, I, well, I, I played it solitaire when I played it as well, and I'm fighting between it and Mansions right now just because I haven't had the problems that you've had with it, and I wondered if you played Mansions solitaire whether you might find I, it a little more comfortable. But um, yeah, abs- I, Arkham is amazing. And one thing both of these do, and I touched on this a little earlier as well, um, when I mentioned that we'd come back to the concept of uh, injuries and broken bones and things like that, uh, Mansions of Madness does that, where you can injure yourself and you get wounds throughout the game, but you can also have things like, you can pick up a whiskey bottle and you drink the whiskey to restore some sanity, but then you flip the card over. And this is something that, that Arkham the Card Game does, and I think Eldritch Horror does as well, which I love about these later games, where you pick up a card, you do a thing with it, and then you flip the card over to see what happens. That's a great, great idea. Mm-hmm. It's so smart, and like it doesn't give much away. Like the whiskey bottle, you smash it, and it becomes a weapon. It's not a useful item now. It's a weapon you fight with. Or in Eldritch, if I remember correctly, you can get a bank loan, and if you don't repay it in time, they send the mobsters around to break your legs. It's there's all these things that can happen, and it's I I love that. I think that's a, that's a really cool story yeah. device because you know there's impending doom somewhere in your deck that might threaten you later, and I think that adds story that may not be even in the base story you're playing. And that's that's what I like out of those those games is feeling like I'm playing that character, mm-hmm. doing a role playing game, but not doing a role playing game. Yes, yeah. uh, I think what these things have as an advantage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emily, I, we, I fear we've been talking an awful lot about a bunch of games that you haven't played, That's but okay. this is where you get a one up on us because you have a game you have played that we have not. Yes, and I'm just going to talk about it for as long as you'll let me. Um, <laughs> so we were, we've been when you've been talking about your the things you like and dislike about all of these games one thing that comes up a lot is enjoying the storytelling, you know, and being kind of frustrated with the, like, I am collecting clues, but I don't actually feel like I'm engaging with a story or a mystery or anything. Well, uh, I have been playing this game called Mythos Tales, which is a Lovecraft reskin of Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective, which is basically like this giant kind of thought experiment, mystery solving, choose your own adventure puzzle thing. And also why earlier I said that Fantasy Flight I think has a monopoly on the word Arkham when used in board games is because it used to be published, not published, but it used to be like a print and play available online Mm -hmm. under the name Arkham Investigators. Which I downloaded and never got a chance to play. Yeah, and then it was like, alright well I guess we're making this into a real board game and Fantasy Flight was like, you sure are, but not that name you're not. I didn't realize it was them that had forced the change. It's the better title too, it was the original one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's so great. I mean, if you want to wander around and literally solve a mystery, this is the game for that. Like, if you want to solve a mystery in the Lovecraft universe with your brain, this is what you want. I mean, I don't know. Have either of you played Sherlock Holmes Consulting Detective? I have not. Uh, it was unfortunately something we didn't have at the cafe for a long time. So uh... I've played the first... Um first scenario uh, as they released it on Steam as oh. a video game. There are three of them that are available to download and oh. I, 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 they're like 99 cents so I bought them all. Uh, and I played the first one but I feel like I didn't fully get the game because 
the, the idea is you're supposed to solve the case before Sherlock, and Sherlock slaughtered me. Yeah, so... Um, well, I mean, he is Sherlock. True. So when Sherlock Holmes, consulting detective, you're playing some of the, like, the street urchins that Sherlock Holmes sort Irregulars. of, like... Yeah, the irregulars that he kind of, like, periodically employs for shits and giggles. And basically you, you show up at his doorstep and he's like, oh, this murder happened, but I'm really busy today. You guys just do it, whatever. Um, and you travel around London trying to solve this mystery. And what you're given is you're given a big map of London where every little location has, like, a little letter number, you know, B two N sixty three, so on and so forth. You're getting a directory, so like a little phone book of all the names and businesses in London, uh, and you're given a newspaper. Today's newspaper, the London Gazette, and you're given a basically like a like a storybook, like a game book. And and how it works is you know you show up at this crime scene and it's like okay this guy's dead, this 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 blah 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 blah. And then you get to choose where to go. You can be like, okay, well, like, do we want to go to his workplace? Do we want to go talk to his wife? Do we want to go talk to his mistress? Do we want to go talk to that shifty-looking guy over there that we recognized from, like, an article in the newspaper? And then you find that name in the booklet, and then you go visit them. And you read a little paragraph about what's up with them. So, Mythos Tales is that, but every mystery has a Lovecraft supernatural element to it. So... There's a town, there's like, there's three or four cult houses in town. There's Miskatonic University with the library of the restricted section of Necronomicon behind two locked doors with runes around them to keep creatures out. There's the unvisited aisle that's like full of, you know, where people complain about, you know, like spooky shit going on, you know, like fires lit at night. There's, you know, windows in the building across from the hospital where there are dancing lights in the middle of the night, you know, every Thursday and Friday, inexplicably. So it's all this like spooky, spooky, spooky stuff that you get to solve. Hmm. And it's great. Dan, game night? Yeah, yeah, it sounds, <laughs> sounds like my jam. And what it does that's interesting that um, Consulting Detective does not is that you can, you don't go insane, but you can lose points for seeing things that you're trying to convince yourself you haven't seen because uh. if you admitted to have seen it, then it would mean that the entire, you know, your entire understanding of the world would be confused. Because it's funny, like in, in this one, you're playing as you know, an underling of, like, Professor Armitage, which, who works for the university, who is, like, all up on the, like, the spooky, culty, supernatural business, but the way that it's, you're, you're presented is kind of, like, like, skeptical, you know, he says, oh, yes, when we found a body, it was flayed and drained of its blood, and you're like, whoa, that's insane, like, what is that, who would do that, you know, you don't quite get the supernatural, so there is this kind of, like, element of you being out of your depth with the supernatural and you can lose points if you go you know if you go to the wherever and see the thing and try to like not try to like convince yourself that you didn't see that that's that's very lovecraft too Mm. uh, so much of his stories are the higher your degree the better you're dealing with weird stuff Mm -hmm. yeah very cool i like the sound of that it was great i played it twice i enjoyed it very much well, much as I think all three of us at the table here would love to continue the discussion, we should probably say that's it for the Snakes Cast this week. Uh, thank you so much to Dan for coming and joining us for this conversation. No problem. Pleasure. Thanks, Dan. You can get in touch with us at podcast.snakesandlattes.com to talk to us about your favorite elder god. 
Snakes Cast is produced by Dax Audio and music is provided by Ben Sound. Tune in next week when we talk about hidden movement board games. The opinions expressed on the Snakes Cast are those of the presenters and guests and nobody else's. See you next week. Ja, ja, Cthulhu Fragen. Thank you.